0: Lucky man, I didn't know Samson very well. Our acquaintance was mostly professional though we'd shared a few drinks at a pub once. He'd been a decent chap to work with and he certainly hadn't looked particularly prone to keel over and die. So I was sitting here at his funeral, partly as a tip of the hat to a colleague and partly in introspection of my own mortality. Like Samson, I also was a bit grey, a bit better filled out than I ought to be, and more than a bit stressed and overworked. I'm sure there were many others in the gathering who were, like me, selfishly thinking, what are my chances of getting knocked out of the game like that? Poof! Gone! Quite a squirm-inducing thought, earning me indignant glances from my perfectly coiffed and attired neighbour, whose funeral etiquette was apparently much stricter than my own. I offered her an apologetic glance, but she was not so easily mollified. I decided I'd better turn my attentions to the proceedings. And with perfect timing, just as the cleric was finishing his bit. I'm not much of a churchman, but I confess to enjoying the trappings whenever I do drop in. The flowers, the candles, the paintings and statuary in the better establishments. The grand and lofty architecture and most delightfully the music. Church organists and choirs can be extremely accomplished and one doesn't have to be a strictly denominational believer to be inspired by the music and to have one's heart rejoiced by the rolling splendor of sound. I was still awash in that glorious flood of music when we progressed to the eulogies. Samson's brother, I deduced who he was from his remarks. A son, a granddaughter who read out a tender poem she'd written, followed by a fusty, grey-haired, black-suited man bowed with age. Wait a minute, not that old now that I could see his face. He stood at the lectern and rested the weary weight of the world on it before he took a deep, shuddering breath and lifted his eyes to the congregation. And immediately I recognized him, though I'd only seen him once before and in very different circumstances. I remember the occasion unmistakably, but the change in him was so phenomenal that I was amazed I'd identified him at all. He was a rack of his former self, And listening to the eulogy, it appeared it was the death of Samson that had caused the devastation. That was astounding enough just by itself. But the incongruity of such grief when related to our last meeting was much more astounding even than that. I know I'll have to explain things better or you just won't understand. I'd mentioned that I'd had an evening in a pub with Samson once. That's the time I met this chap. I'm going to call him Fred, for convenience, since I have no idea what his name is. Samson and I were putting our best efforts towards drowning the harshness of an unwarranted chewing out by a singularly uncivil customer. I was facing the pub entrance and saw Fred enter. He was physically nondescript, for which he made up with a hugely exaggerated swagger. Samson had his back to him, which back was soundly thwacked by Fred. What followed was so shocking and so suddenly over and everything returned to normal that I half wondered if it had actually occurred. Out of Fred's reedy little mouth and from under his wispy moustache, the invective flowed in an almost unabated torrent. Above the hubbub and the fumes in the pub, the words tumbled thickly onto Samson's head and shoulders. Considering the harshness of the language, he was not a whit put out and stayed seated comfortably and listened companionably to the tirade, even unbelievably nodding agreeably. I was so mortally incensed at Fred's vitriol and at Samson's composure that I almost weighed in myself with the old one-two. I could detect no hint of what exactly Samson had done to infuriate Fred. It seemed Fred's intention was simply to vilify him. Various unflattering allusions were made to his relationships with sundry members of his family. Even from these veiled for the sake of propriety remarks, you will observe that Fred was quite unbridled. In the face of this, Samson's attitude was bewildering. Fred's river of gall finally ran itself dry. At which point, Samson took up the task himself, though for a much shorter duration and with far less aggression. It was a mere token response and did nothing, in my opinion, to gather the ragged shreds of dignity around himself. At the end of this pathetic attempt at a return swipe and I assure you this is true the two bumped fists like boxers in a ring and Fred moved on his merry way through the pub and Samson turned to me with a wry grin raised his glass of beer and took a long thirsty swallow and that was it not a word of explanation or vindication just carried on as before if the whole interlude hadn't happened at all. Cutting back to the present, that vituperative little turkey cock was transformed into this shambling wreck of a human being. His whole body, his stance, his gait, the droop of his shoulders, the lifeless dangle of his arms, the listless gaze into nothingness and the seemingly rudderless movement These told a story of a fathomless grief. In spite of the scene I'd witnessed, this was not guilt. It was a kind of primeval, bone-searing sadness, which was so awesome to behold. It made a veritable giant of this poor, broken spirit. His body radiated his agony to the vaulted ceilings of the cavernous church, and it rang with his soundless cries. It was a while before I could even listen to his words. So moved was I, and so unbalanced by the discrepancy between my two images of the man. I made an effort to concentrate, and things began to become clearer. Fred, as he will always be to me now, and Samson had been childhood friends, the best of buddies. And Samson's unannounced departure had torn a chunk out of Fred's life and he had no idea how he was to continue to function. He'd not yet adjusted to the amputation. The violent verbal duel I'd seen had been an old game between them, it turned out. A tender restatement of their mutual loyalty. It involved creeping up unannounced on one another and pounding home the point by having uninterrupted abusing rights. It was a point of solidarity between them, never to make explanation to any inadvertent witness, including, as you know, myself. I watched Samson make his final journey, leaving the church on black-robed shoulders. Fred walked behind him in a daze, automatically following his friend, hardly aware that he couldn't so easily follow where Samson had gone. The sincerity of the little unassuming fellow, his evident wretchedness and his valiant though utterly futile attempt to play it down was unspeakably moving to witness. As I cast my eye out of the church, past the black-clad cortege and onto the sombre coffin, My abiding thought was, Wow, it must be something to have a friendship like that. Lucky man, Samson. Even if he was dead,